Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello. Tis old Grey Whiskers here. Tis a while since I contacted you, so I thought I might send you a dumpy dum. So here I goes then. Dumpy 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 dum. Dumpy dumpy doo dar. Dumpy 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 dum. Dumpy diddle I dum. Dumpy diddle I dumpy diddle I dumpy diddle I dum. Dumpy 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 dum. Dumpy diddle I dum. Well, that's my best effort anyway. So, to all them listeners, don't you forget to go on to that there Patreon thing and give your dollar an episode or whatever it is. That'll do fine, because that'll help them keep going. <laughs> Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Ooh, I forgot. The end should be... Dumpy diddly dum. Arr. <laughs> Thank you for that, Mr. Whiskin. Uh, folks, because this is Dumb Jum, the show at the reality talky drama that are centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the sportsman-like attitude that is Royfield Brown. Oh, thank you for that, Lucy. And with uh, with me, I have the otter's pocket that is... <laughs> Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Tracy's bid for the captaincy, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumb Jum is from Old Grey Whiskers. Oh, gosh, I've done it again. Mm. I didn't say your name, Mr. Mr. Uh, Whiskers, earlier on. Smashing. Well, anyway, we'll probably edit that out. And depending on how I feel, it'll be another ramshackle show. Maybe I'll <laughs> Because I'll tell you what, Lucy, I've got a little bit battered and bruised. But you know the new, the new Flick app? You know yes. our new app? Yes, right. yes. Yeah, right, right. You know, it's like fire. Like, it's yes. like everyone's on it, pinging in a message in, and it's like fire, right? Um, people are really taking me to task on, on that in terms of, well, the editing's... Uh, you know, slip shot. It's kind of like really rough. It's kind of loose at best, right? I'm like, people do know it's deliberately like this, though, don't they? Right? It, they're like, they're seriously, they're like, this thing is edited really quite badly. That's the reason why I like it because it's homely. <laughs> they do know. I, they do know that I actually do edit podcasts day in day out. It takes a lot of time plus. to look this rubbish, listeners. Exactly. You... <laughs> exactly. I actually went away to college to learn this. You know. <laughs> I am professional, but my God, uh, people like, yeah, I really like it because it's crap, right? In terms yeah. of the editing, 
you know, yes. and <laughs> especially Auntie Jean, who says things like, I really like it when Lucy says, oh, we should probably edit that bit out, but you hear it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of meant to be like that, folks. But anyway, Lucy, uh, yes. if somebody else wants to send us in a dum dum just like Mr. Old Grey Whiskers, how can that be achieved? Uh, if you would like to sing us a dum dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203-031-3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups. And for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her brilliant voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and um, to Derek for Lonely Back Bedroom. Uh, Derek went to the Spice Girls gig um, on Monday night and uh, like a lot of other people he complained about the sound apparently no matter where you stood in the stadium you could still hear them sing <laughs> you know at least I knew that was going but it still made me laugh <laughs> <laughs> right folks on this week's show we have calls galore Simon, Sue, Justin, Claire, Witherspoon Dusty, Marion, Paul and Welsh Witch. And, um, yeah, like, loads of calls. Um, Lucy, why, why yeah. have I paused? I, I don't know why. I feel like I came to a full stop. I don't know why that was. But anyway, suffice to say, folks, that you're saying, man, get on with it. It's the best bit of the show. It's our Lucy V. Freeman in a week in Ambridge. <laughs> Well, this week was a bit like watching a bouncy castle slowly deflate, I thought. It sort of seemed all right at the start and then slowly collapsed in on itself. I don't know what anyone else thought. Anyway, we began the week with Camilla. She seemed nice, very pleasant, well-rounded and realistic character, I thought. Shula waded in with her elbows out and abducted Freddy so he could be kept close to the family fold and access lots of lovely horse drugs. Whoever did the coconuts this week must have needed to lie down by Friday as Shula was coconutting about all over the place and Freddie was coconutting and sweeping. I hope they got time and a half, whoever that was. <laughs> it's the Wingle Sicket. Oh, how I've missed it. Not really. I am very much enjoying Tracy, though, and her personal bodyline tour of Ambridge. She has some ambitious ideas, I'll give her that. Sledging, aggressive bowling, physical attack and firearms. <laughs> and just in case... We weren't in a bad enough mood after the lovely Camilla. We segued swiftly on to a scene with Ed and Emma, both remarkably grumpy considering they're now Ambridge's number one crime family, up to the ears in new clothes and drills. Emma's made a deposit on a new sofa. It'll come off with a bit of cold water and vanish. Emma in particular seems to be off her head at the moment. Jekyll and Hyde isn't in it. In one scene, she went from, come and sit down, Ed, let me get you a beer, to, I am your wife and you're not the only one who works, and back again. <laughs> this is the kind of confusion that makes Ed vomit with misery, as he's not brilliant at grasping more than one idea at a time, or indeed grasping thoughts, really, bless him. Anyone who doesn't like the old golloping eating noises on the archers would have had a field day this week with a scene in which Jazza necked a pint of milk. When the scene started, for one horrible moment, I thought he was drinking straight from the cow. I'm not <laughs> lactose intolerant, but I am disgusting gulping intolerant, and that really was quite revolting. However, it did give us a momentary respite from all the guff about Jimmy's birthday party. As always, the more they say he's going to love it, the more sure we are it's going to be four open university lecturers shifting uncomfortably on Jimmy's sofa, eating Pringles and remembering that hilarious time their library card wouldn't work. Or 
we will discover that Jimmis' academic credentials are as naught, and he actually graduated with a third in ironing from Bootle Polytechnic. Anyway, the whole party <laughs> shambles will probably end up with Alistair giving Shula one of his special injections, and that'll be that. What happened to Speedwatch, by the way? Harrisman mentioned it in passing, but there's been no speeding, no rotor, and no vroom noises. Was it all just set up to show how treacherous the roads are, particularly if you're a barmaid in a hurry with sepsis and a tendency to be a bit heavy on the gas? In her perennial urge to give her family the appearance of perfection, no matter how shaky the foundations, Jill decided to do the honourable thing and force one of her sons to lie to the other about his sudden acquisition of thousands of pounds to repay his debt. In this, she was abetted by St. Leonard, the patron saint of socks and sandals, who popped over <laughs> with some sherbet lemons. He's gone completely over to the dark side now. I'm worried about Jill and the family, said Leonard, this family who I've known for about three months. Oh, all right then, total stranger, said Kenton. I'll go and do what you want. Will's bid to have his one remaining child taken by social services is near success <laughs> as he decided to take Parpy to see what he did at work all day. He got her a Barbie air gun, some Pokemon ear defenders, and a tinky-winky ammunition belt. Jolene's headshots have arrived. <laughs> there are plenty of people in Ambridge who I'd like to see shot in the head, and Jolene is rapidly becoming another one, sadly. I can't abide the overweening <laughs> vanity. And Jolene, another recent graduate of the Tom Archer School of Business Planning, is under the impression that her headshots will make up for her appalling singing voice, despite the fact that no one will care what she looks like as she's going for backing vocals jobs. She'll just be behind a screen with headphones on, while a man called Nige, behind a mixing desk, eating cheese and onion crisps, occasionally gives her the thumbs up. That's it! Oh, the madness! Why do they have to make the one relatively sensible woman in business go batshit as well? Uh, talking of Tom Archer's business, it's back on. And so is marriage with Natasha. My ears nearly fell off when she breezed in and said, Okay, babe, this is psychopathy. <laughs> Tom's self-esteem could clearly comfortably fit in one of Susan's medical uh, medicine. Could comfortably fit in one of Susan's medicinal kefir pots. If he's welcoming back with open arms a woman who cleared off without a word, didn't answer his messages, then popped back in when she thought the business might start making some money and she fancied a holiday to Cuba. Her only excuse was she didn't want to be Mrs. Archer from Ambridge. Fine, don't be Mrs. Archer then. Be Ms. something else and don't be from Ambridge. Move. No one had any <laughs> expectations because no one knew the bloody hell you were. And then Tom says... You're so much more than Mrs. Archer from Ambridge. Yes, you're Mrs. Archer from Penny Hassett Borders. Now go away. But seriously, what did Pat and Tony do to their children? I mean, I know they're supposed to be the brown rice alternative to the capitalist Aldridges, but at least Kate, Adam, et al. suffer from high self-esteem. Tom at the moment is like watching one of those YouTube videos of a really, really stupid dog repeatedly falling into a swimming pool because it doesn't know what water is. You think, how many more times will it do that before it realizes? Loads, it turns out. Loads. The end. <laughs> Oh, well done, you. Oh, so much better than last week, Lucy. Much punchier than much, last Roy week. Frank. Well done. Well done, <laughs> you. Now, uh, normally at this point, uh, we chunter on about the last week in Ambridge. And, uh, we but as everyone is about to say what we're about to say, we might as well just let them say mm. it, really. However, right, um, oh. there's, you know, there's, le there's not much chat from the listeners about Kenton and Jolene. Little chat about the cash which I thought was utterly fascinating. 
and no chat about Camilla, who I just found an utterly nauseating, over-the-top yeah. uh, character. And I hated every second of it. Yeah, and yeah. Two-dimensional about... nonsense, and we're better than that, and so are they. Ex- exactly. And, and so the... is Patricia Hodge. I feel well, embarrassed for her. Well, it was just horrid. And I mm. did say this um, in last week's uh, Dum Dum. I was just like, I just threw my hands up, just like, what is going on here? Yeah. I thought we'd gone past all this hazel woolly bullshit yeah. and whatever. Uh, but anyway, I just got that <laughs> little rant off my chest. Let's have a bit of this. <laughs> Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. All right then. Uh, let's let's just settle down. Let's be comfortable. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dunty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. I think Yoko Bear must be in bed nursing a terrible headache after the European parliamentary elections. <laughs> First up, more thoughts about our William. Obviously, I was very upset when he decided to take Poppy to work with him on Friday, and I think it does indicate that there will be some serious consequences ahead. Mm-hmm. However... I disagree with Lucy that Child Protective Services would take Poppy away from Will, and I speak from lots of professional experience in this area. Short of physical and sexual abuse of a child, CPS will try to provide support and therapeutic services to keep the child safely at home. That might include psychotherapy for the child and parents, family therapy, in-home care, identifying other support resources, and frequent visits by the caseworker to make sure things are on track. The stick, of course, is that the parent would lose the child if things aren't going well. But really, a terrible outcome for Poppy, who has lost her mother, would be for her to also lose her father. Please remember that. Next item. I know I disagree with Millie Bell on this. As one of last week's caller in errors predicted, I too thought that Tom and Natasha would be getting back together. And I think it's a good thing. But I like happy endings. Though I'm sure there will be more bumps in the road for them. And I think a baby will be born within a year. Remember, there needs to be a next generation of the archers in the archers. Finally, Royfield, you confuse Niles and Miles because he may remind you a wee bit of my, or should I say Fraser's, younger brother. Long may they reign. Talk to you after my 40th college reunion. Hopefully it will go better than Lower Loxley's Spooky Fest. Mm. Thank you, Mr. Witherspoon. Lots to unpack there, as they say in other podcasts that I listen to, Lucy. Would you like to <laughs> unpack away? Um, yes, I, I know. I know that um, that they don't take children away lightly, and I agree it would be terrible for Poppy if um uh if 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 that happened but oh i just i i think but i suppose, i mean even if school or something was suggesting to will that poppy might need a bit of help at home or she might need you know sort of there just seems to be a marked lack of involvement from external people after Nick's death, but then Will being Will, I guess the scriptwriters would say, well, he's just shoved them all away. He's just told everybody mm. he's fine. He doesn't need any help. Exactly. You know, um, he had Mia and 
when uh, Elizabeth went round there with with help uh, in the form of counselling or whatever the heck it was, he ripped it up as soon as her uh, back was turned. That's his yeah. attitude. Yeah. So, you know, you can lead a horse to water loose, but you can't force it to drink. I couldn't agree with you less with a spoon about Ooh. isn't it Argy a good thing bargy. that... that isn't it a good thing that Tom and Natasha are back together? It's not going to be a happy ending, you lunatic. They're mad. They're both mad. I mean, that kind of, that fe- that act, if you can act that well to the app man, who of course was Australian, um, you know, and pretend that absolutely nothing is wrong. And this man that you're sitting next to making affectionate in-jokes with, you know, the fact that you can you can do that so brazenly and so expertly means that this is not the first time that she has completely faked an entire situation. And uh, I just mm. think she's absolutely crackers. Loose, loose. I don't know if I agree with you, right? And I don't want to line up with Witherspoon uh, to give you a you know a metaphorical intellectual slapping. Right, because, you know, I care for you Slap away, Bush. I care not a jot, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but number one, this is a business um, setting. So it wasn't an intimate family dinner with their nearest and dearest around them. It was some random who they barely know who's crazy. Yeah, but she didn't, in that case, she didn't have to come up to him, kiss him and say, okay, beep. I mean, that's just really weird for somebody you yeah, haven't but, but spoken also, to for five weeks. But also that someone is supposed to be your husband and she was somewhat tailing between her legs, tr- uh, trying to say sorry and trying to build bridges. So uh. I think, right, it, normally when it comes to social observation and deconstructing scenes and, and people's motivations and how people's act, I line up well behind you, Lucy B. Freeman, because you're normally spot on with this stuff. It's interesting, I, you know... That episode, mm. the mm-hmm. OK Babe episode, mm-hmm. my phone went bing, 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 bing when it, when it finished. Mm-hmm. And there were 12 messages on there, all from my female friends who listened to The Archers and all of whom said, how fucking mad is she? <laughs> and all the, all the blokes I know are going, oh, no, I think it's good. I think it's nice that they're back together again. And all the women are just going, she's a nutter. She's a nutter. Well, nutter she may be, but what she does have now is... The- is the power in that relationship. But yeah. I'll hold, I will uh, keep my powder dry. And uh, why don't we go on to another call? Uh, because it's all about that kitten caboodle this week. This is Welsh Witch. Hi, Dempty Dam. It's Welsh Witch here for from a cloudy Caffili. Hope everybody is well. Um, just a couple of things that are mulling through my brain ever since Clary said that she didn't want George and Poppy around Freddie because of Freddie's drug dealing. Um, I'm just wondering if Ed and Emma will actually buy the house but then lose it once Ed is um, arrested and slash convicted um, because of proceeds of crime legislation. And I don't know if that's Ooh. applicable, but it's just wondering. It's just one way of making it a little bit more dramatic rather than just going, oh, well, they're not buying the house anymore. Um, and also for them not having the house, I'm wondering how that will affect relationships that the Grundys have with other village members. So I'm thinking you specifically of Clary and Susan, because I think Susan won't know of Emma's encouragement of mm. Ed to do the work or the way that she she sort of pushed him into doing it in the first place. 
and also if Harrison is involved in Ed's arrest somehow, then how will Emma's relationship with Fallon pan out? So I think that will be quite interesting. Um, it's very bittersweet to hear Joe still in the programme and yeah. it'll be a really sad day when he when he's no longer in there. Um, that's all from me. So keep up the good work. Looking forward to November because I got me ticket. Yay. And um, I'll speak to you soon. Ta-ra. Bye. Mm. It was very, well, it was very nice and very sad to hear Joe, wasn't it? Mm. I don't know if that was his last appearance, was it? Well, they can be up to three months in advance. So you don't know. Well, the, 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 the continuity person mm. said this was recorded two weeks before, he, before the actor died. Okay. All right. So it could well be. But if so, his last words were, as long as Poppy's all right, that's the, main, that's the only thing that matters, mm. which is quite sweet. Yeah, it's very sweet. Um, you know, it's the next generation of the Grundies, which he's yeah. um, uh, concerned about. And just the very fact that he was asleep. Um, now, I wonder whether, because we know that on occasion they have inserted scenes before that had, yeah. you know, that, that has been done. But yeah. this did feel very organic vis-a-vis the wider storyline and with Will yeah. just trying to palm Poppy off with, with anyone. Yeah. So hmm, it'd be interesting. I, we should actually, I should actually ask our Kerry and say, was that inserted or was that actually uh, written yeah. as, you know, was that actually, you know, part of the wider storyline? But hmm. Because yes, when yes, Clary yes. came in and saw him asleep and she said, Joe? And I thought, oh, my God, she's found him. <laughs> He's died. Mm. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was you know, uh, there was a lump, in I think, in everyone's throat, you know. Mm. Um, but, yeah. So two weeks before he died, I didn't know that because um, I don't listen to it going out live. It's just, just podcasts no. for me. But um, there's there's a little note on that further on in the show folks that's Welsh Witch that's Kefili uh, let's have a little touch of the Rachels hi Dumpty Dum it's Rachel from Hertfordshire here I'm a new caller in her and I think I'm a Johnny although I listened to the Archers on and off before that I think after Johnny joined was when I really um, really became a dedicated listener I'm a child and adolescent psychotherapist and I'm very interested in Witherspoon's idea that he could fly over and see Will in helping him with his parenting also hearing from Ashley the social worker last week I'm interested in the idea that we could set up a multidisciplinary mental health team (laughs) in Ambridge because I think lots of the people there would really benefit from our help and that there could be lots of potential for joint work so if Witherspoon sees Will I'd be happy to see Mia and maybe Ashley could see Poppy I'm sure there's lots of other Dumpty Dummers out there who might want to join our mental health team and it'd be great to hear more from them. Oh, lovely to hear from you, Rachel. A mental health SWAT team. I like that Mm. idea. (laughs) By the way, Rachel, I don't know if you you know, I don't know how new a listener you are, uh, but Charlotte Charlotte Martin, who plays um, Susan Carter, does exactly the same job as you in real life. She is a child and adolescent psychotherapist. Hmm. So there you go. I must admit, I, I, I 
did not remember exact designation when it come, came to her job. I'm sure it's, well yeah, I'm sure you. it's a bit. I, I, think, I think now you've said it, I think you're spot on the money. Well done you. All right, so that's Hertfordshire. Um, now, I thought of this next caller in a loose um, mm. a couple of days ago because I had the misfortune to wake up at early doors, California time. Couldn't get back to sleep. I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll watch the championship playoff final between the hated Aston Villa and the got-no-beef-in-that-game Derby County. This Cord Rinnerer is a, a famous fan of, of Derby County and I had to commiserate with him at full time when the hated, yucky Aston Villa <laughs> effing beat Derby. <laughs> and I sent him a text as you at Wembley went, yeah, so don't worry, there's always next year. Don't like it, I'm coming home. <laughs> <laughs> it's my brother from another mother. It's Paul Room. Hello, you two. It's uh, Paul Room here. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, call in with a couple of points um, this week. I found it very moving. Um, Joe Grundy uh, p- potentially recording his last scenes that were played back, knowing that the uh, actor Edward Kelsey was uh, unfortunately died. Um, but hearing Joe in the flesh and... Uh, his scenes uh, almost you know, were, were about death and Clary saying she would, was worried if he collapsed, uh, looking after Poppy. And then a couple of weeks ago, he was on and talking about um, a relative who died young and he was saying, um, you know, sort of being old or something was, was better than the alternative. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I found it very moving. And also I was very moved that he had a, a right you are uh, in his uh, last uh, last day of recording, which I thought was uh, was great and very apt as well, in his lovely oh. uh, accent. The second point was uh, well, Roy Tucker, meant to be a huge Aston Villa fan that we know, <laughs> uh, he courted Lexi in his uh, Villa boxer shorts, and I think his dating profile. Uh, had him in his Aston Villa shirt until Kirsty told him he couldn't do that. It was ridiculous. Um, but anyway, Aston Villa in the playoff final. Uh, I know this because my team Derby are as well, and I'm nervous as a kitten at the moment. Looking forward to going to Wembley tomorrow to see uh, us battle Villa. Ooh, and, yeah. <laughs> and Roy was in the Arches this week. No mention of Villa, and I hope this is uh, corrected when they lose tomorrow, hopefully. Anyway, keep up the good work. Enjoying. Bye. Paul, would you like to retract certain aspects of that call? <laughs> <laughs> Luce, um, a few things. All right. Number one, mm. when somebody calls in, there's a caller in or a call. I actually yeah. audio balance it so that they all kind of sound around about the same volume. Uh, generally, uh, there is a small gap when somebody physically hits the speak pipe button to when they start speaking. Yeah. I edit out the gap. I genuinely only listen to about the first 30 seconds of someone's call just to make sure that it's all all right. So the audio balancing is an automatic thing when you hit the button and it just, audio, you know, does all yeah. of that. And then I look at it. I look at the um, the the physical file, which is like a wave file with, you know, peaks and troughs. And if there are big gaps, I edit out the gaps. Now, mm-hmm. I would not have gone on about the fact that Villa beat Derby before that call if I listen to the end of 
balls bloody cool. Like, I'm completely arse over tits. I would have just kept shtum and gone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's see what Paul Room's got to say. <laughs> but there you go, folks. I don't necessarily listen to everyone's call right to the end. I always listen to the first 30 seconds. And Do make you think sure this is what right. the people mean about it being a bit amateurish? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I could have had such a great little link afterwards <laughs> and I screwed it up. Everybody on the flick app, they're spot on the money. It's a shit show, Luce. This is a shit show. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, um, I'd completely mm. forgotten if I ever knew. If, no, if, if, if it ever registered with me that Roy Tuck was a Villa fan. Mm. I've always known that he was I've wrong. got a horrible image of him in his bloody Villa boxers now. Thank you very much, Paul Room. Well... There's just something about Villa fans which is really unsettling, unedifying, and just makes you just want to, just, just queasy. They give you a queasy feel. <laughs> like, I just like living in Birmingham, which is festooned with the fuckers. Sorry, I've a lot of expletives coming out of me in this week's episode, right? It is somewhat nauseating. They carry on like they're Barcelona, Real Madrid, Man United. Uh, and Man City all rolled into one, and they're not. They're Aston Villa, and they were down in the championship, as we were for the last three years. And now, because they got promoted, they're lording it all over us, putting it all on Facebook. Yada, Hang on, yada, who's yada. us? Birmingham City fans. Oh, okay. The, the sensible people that live in the city of Birmingham. Okay, I, right. I just wish they would just like float off somewhere else and have their own little town called Aston Villaton and whatever and leave <laughs> Birmingham to the rest of us. Don't like them. And when I saw, I tell you what, considering my left of centre politics, mm. I come very close to becoming an utter Republican and off with their heads when I see Prince William there, you know, with his Aston Villa scarf and credentials, it, just like lording it all over everybody. I go, you know what? You got so much right and privilege. Screw you. Get rid of the monarchy. Why, Lucy? <laughs> Why? Anyway, I don't have that many strong feelings about it, so I'll just move on. <laughs> no, clearly not. No, no it's just there. oh, I hate it when Aston Villa play, and then they and they show you a little shot of Prince William. They'll say, "Oh, he's an Aston Villa fan." Mm. Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, <sighs> what else did Paul talk about? Uh, so we, we, we talked about... He talked about uh, Joe. He said yeah, everything he we said about, about Joe. Yeah, yeah. Um, lovely scenes. And I must admit, I love hearing Paul Rumor on, on the podcast. Makes me feel all warm inside and like bloody Aston Villa. Anyway, uh, do you know who my favourite Archer's character is? Was? Tracy. No. Of all time. I, I don't know. Of all time. Oh, of all time. Oh, God knows. Mrs. Antropus. She's up there. Uh, Nelson Gabriel. Way. Let's have a call from him. He's, he's risen from the dead, Lucy. Hello. This is Nelson Gabriel, first time caller. <laughs> I think I started listening in 1988, which makes me a day med average, which is pretty cool. I am calling with a pop prediction. This one's made me throw up three or four times. Um, so I figured I'd share it with you all. I think Lovely. Elizabeth and Will are going to get together. No! I've just paused so you can all freak out. Yes. Keep going. Have fun. Now, Luce. He's a I madman. Well, no way. 
Uh, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to no. happen. Absolutely not going to happen. I like the bird in the background, though. Me too. He ought to introduce right. it to Auntie Jean's parrot, William. Mm. Probably tweeting away, wasn't it? Uh, just, it might be a little bit too inside baseball, as Americans would say. Too much into the weeds, which is another thing that Americans say. Uh, but that call... Talk English, please, Royfield. I, I'll try my best. Um, that call from Nelson mm. Gabriel... Yeah. He had lots of dramatic pauses in it. He did. Right? So when I saw the file... I went and edited out half of the pauses because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, come on now. Right. And it's interesting. You still said he did. So it showed you that I did my job. Right. Yeah. So I looked, I, I looked at the whole file. I went, hmm, why are there big gaps in this? So then I listened to all, to all of the call. I'm going to mm. listen to everyone's call from now on in. That's a good idea, I think. You might have to start listening to the archers as well. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I do listen to all of that. (laughs) Anyway, lovely to hear hear you, uh, Mr. Gabriel. Didn't sound like Nelson, as I seem to remember him. Which I was he did, but I wasn't imagining him in a in a purple silk dressing gown, as I always used to imagine. Smoking jacket, as yeah, I always exactly. used to imagine. Gabriel. Smoking yeah. jacket, yeah, yeah. Sounding yeah. like Noel Coward. That's who yeah. I always like pitching him as. But anyway, uh, reincarnated for 2019. We had Nelson Gabriel on Dum Dum. Uh, now we're going off to uh, Marion, and she's a maid. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Maid Marion here at Mazzings UK on the Twitters. I wanted to weigh in on this Will Grundy situation, Ooh. only briefly, I hope, but just to say that I said a while ago on Twitter that I didn't think he would lose Poppy, but I'm starting to change my mind. I know from professional experience how hard social services work not to split parents and children up. But I also thought, Will Grundy is so bloody minded, he's not going to accept any help or advice from social services, and that is going to make things so much worse. So I reckon she's probably going to end up with Bev. The only other thing I thought was that if he loses his job, which is seeming quite likely right now, he might actually end up having to live with Eddie and Clary. That might be the saving grace. They might all Mm. end up living there. But then, of course, with Joe's death, I think things are going to just get so messy. Uh, I also wanted to just say, um, I've got a little soapbox here. Um, It's about life insurance. Now, I don't sell life insurance, um, so I don't have a vested interest or anything. But um, it's so important that we have life insurance as parents and not just the major breadwinners. Because if we don't have life insurance um, and suddenly the, the parent who looks after the kids at home or wherever isn't there anymore, that major breadwinner is not going to be able to win the bread. And you've got a couple of traumatised children, however many children you have, who really need help. Um, so please, please get life insurance. Think about it. It's not going to solve all the problems, but it's going to take a major headache away. Um, and we need that. We need to be thinking ahead and we need to think of our kids. So, yeah, soapbox gone. Thank you so much for everything you do, Royfield, Lucy and the whole team. Uh, love, love, love the podcast. Take care. Bye. Bye. Mm. Bye-bye, uh, Marion. you got life insurance. Of course you've got life insurance. You're a proper grown-up, aren't you? Yes. What you, what you valued at? £27 billion. Pounds. That's ridiculous. So yes. you're valued at what, uh, let's say gabillion is billion, mm. uh, more than the no, whole of the British. No, it's a billion. That means a billion. Okay, billion. all right. So you're valued at more yeah. than the British economy. I'm valued at Elon Musk. That's what I'm valued at. Hey, his value is going down the pan. Uh, it is, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> As he gets madder. 
people realize that not only is he nuts, right, but um, his business ideas aren't so solid after all. So, hmm. So don't say you because like his value could well be like negative anytime soon. The way that things are going. Oh, mm. not him then. Mm. So, but you are more valuable than the whole of the uh, world economy put together. Just you. Yep. Right. Okay. Smashing. Well. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, I what? have a, an email um, about right. just a quick one about um, Will uh, from Karen Cunningham, um, who said she first started listening consciously in the 1970s. Uh, she listened in 2004 in time for Sam Sam the Cowman to arrive. Um, and she just moved to Devon. And she was, she says, tweet of the week in the early days of Dumpty Dum, which, of course, was a lifetime high. Quite right. I'm glad that you have your priorities intact, Karen. Um, she says, I feel compelled to write to you today as the William Grundy storyline is driving me to absolute distraction. You don't need a vagina to know how to slap a school timetable onto the front of your fridge or that a school frock <laughs> might need to be introduced to an eye on a Sunday night. The man is 35. How is it possible to be a dad and stepdad to four and not understand the fundamentals of family life? Now he's forcing Emma to look after his last born. And what's more, she is. Maybe she'll take it to the chicken factory. This place has no name and Parpy might end up in a pot pie. Please let this storyline end <laughs> soon. Take the pipe, Will, whatever, but just let my blood pressure calm down and let Parpy live with a semi-functioning adult. Thanks for the therapy. Keep up the good work. Karen. Karen is Martha Minnie on the Twitters, by the way. Mm. Some very good points there, yes. Emma would never dream of taking Harpy to the bloody chicken factory. So God knows why Will thinks it's okay to take her somewhere where there's live ammunition and firearms for crying out loud. There are a lot of men who, who are like Will who aren't only just defined by their work, but don't understand a world outside of, of their workplace. And that's what we've got writ large here. And there's only, to, to my way of thinking, there's only one or two ways this storyline can, can really go. And this is really painting broad brushstrokes. I don't know how they're going to get there, which twists and turns the scriptwriters are going to introduce. But number one, Will will somehow, but there will be many a bump in the road, find a way of coping, find a way of being a parent who has, a single parent that has a penis in between his legs. Yeah. All right. He'll he'll find a way, but there will be bumps and twists in the road, and there will be interventions from family members and maybe even the state at some point. But he'll find a way. He'll pull himself up by the bootstraps, or that little girl will end up going for whatever mm. uh, reason, and ultimately he'll be left with nothing, and yeah. he has a whole load of firearms at his disposal, and it's not as if. Um, other men in similar situations on the archers, let alone in real life, haven't taken that ultimate step of like topping himself. I, my gut is that it's going to be the latter and not the former with Will Grundy. And he might play out over years, but he's such mm. a morose and yeah. angry person. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, he, he I can't see this go, going any other way than that, really. He's a tortured soul. Mm. All the things he's said to me and done in front of me just this year, 
his anger towards his brother. It just goes on and on and on with him. So it would it would it would make logical sense for him if he loses his daughter for him to say, well, what do I have? All I have is my work, uh, yeah. and that isn't enough. Yeah. And for him to go off into the woods one day and never, never to come back. Mm. Yeah. He, it is Will's stubbornness that is his undoing. It's everything, most of the things that happened to him. Well, no, that's, I was going to say self-inflicted, but obviously the way... It, it to sort of go back to to what Karen was saying about he, he you know him being completely failing to understand that he's a parent and therefore you have to think about your children's needs is this sense of outrage that he has that he is expected to think about more than one thing at once hmm. you know and it's just that just annoys me so intensely um because you know working women have had to do this for centuries um but it's that it's the sense of sort of patriarchal entitlement that he has that drives me absolutely round the twist and um i mean i don't i don't think he's a he's a he's a good i mean i understand that that social services want to keep families together and all that sort of thing but i really don't think he is a good dad i don't think he's a good man i don't think he's a good role model for a son or a daughter, mm. I think he's a you know waste of good skin. Ugh. Well, that, that might be a little a little bit harsh, but not too harsh. Not totally. You don't you don't <laughs> say that without some some reason, some some evidence. Um, you said something earlier about he doesn't know how to parent, or it was worse to that effect. And and that's the only bit that I slightly disagree with you. It's not that he doesn't know how to parent. He would say that he does, but for him. Mm parenting is i i walk out the house at what six o'clock in the morning i uh shoot some pheasants or whatever the hell gamekeepers do you know lay some traps or whatever the heck they do or you know just whatever gamekeepers do and then i turn up back at i don't know five o'clock and but that's and, not parenting that's breadwinning and no, i think exactly. because, because eddie was so flaky I mean, Eddie did care about Will and Ed's um, uh, kind of uh, the upbringing of them as people, um, their character building stuff. He did care about that. But Eddie Grundy, when the boys were growing up, was much worse than he is now uh, and was a lot more risk, much more of a risk taker. Um, So he might have got a slightly softer idea of what Eddie was like when they were growing up. But... um, Maybe I think Will has just has been so determined not to be feckless like Eddie that he's just pinned everything on being a regular dependable breadwinner Mm. and thinks that's it. You know, I've done that. Mm. So he can't quite understand how that's not enough. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, would not disagree with the word of that but I, I feel like we're spending too much time on Will Bloody Grundy at least I am mm. anyway mentally I think about him way too much mm. <laughs> I really do I do Lucy <laughs> just start thinking about Fallon again and nice nice <laughs> thoughts like that <coughs> uh, who was the last caller uh, was, he, was it Marion 
Yeah. Yes, sorry. All right. Yeah. So we haven't had Justine. Okay, Justine, yeah. it's your time. You're up, love. Bonjour, alikum. That was Maltese for hello, everyone. My name is Justine. I live in Malta. I'm a teacher of adult literacy for refugees and migrants, so I teach people to read and write. Um, I love Dum to Dum. I'm a first-time caller in I've been listening for about two years, but lurking until now. I'm According to the Archer's timeline, I'm a Marjorie Antrobus because I started listening when I was about 12, and uh, she came into the series, I believe, 1984, 1985. So that's my Archer's history. To last week, the Padgett scene I found very strange. The recording was very odd. It sounded like they'd all been sitting in separate studios and someone had copied yes. and pasted it together at the end. It was all disjointed. Um, yes, yes, yes. Tom and Natasha. There's zero chemistry between uh, Tom and Natasha. I really don't understand the point of this storyline. All the scenes feel dreadfully forced. Um, and, of course, it's just an excuse for Pratt and Moni to start whinging about everything again. I asked myself, where's Hannah, where's Kirsty? in such a tight-knit community? I would have imagined that they'd be in there giving their two cents worth every five seconds. And the last thing is, where are Adam and Ian? They took a flight to Bulgaria and haven't returned, which mm. is maybe not such a bad thing. Um, but I find that very <laughs> odd. So, yeah, that's all I have to say. Thank you so much again. Love to everybody worldwide. If anyone ever finds themselves in Malta, give me a shout. And um, ciao alikum. Mm. How fascinating. Malta. Don't we have glamorous listeners, I tell you? We do. Have you ever been to Malta? No. Oh, God, I love the place. You know, I went just last up. Oh, yeah, you said. You said it had a really nice, relaxed sort of feel. Oh, what a beautiful... Valletta, smallest capital in the world. Um, Population of Valletta and it's the capital is, what, 14,000? But the the whole island is basically one urban sprawl. So it's all kind of divided up. And whatever, but like, oh, the charm of, of uh, the centre of Valletta, beautiful, 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 and um, and interestingly or quirkily for a, for a, you know somebody like me who likes a bit of history, but you like language, so this is where we intersect here. Uh, Maltese is the only Semitic language which is native to Europe. Did you know that? Oh no. Mm-hmm. So I just presumed because it's so close to Sicily that Maltese is going to be some derivative of Italian, you know, some archaic bit of Italian. No, no, no. It's fundamentally, it's Arabic. It's closest to Tunisian Arabic. Well, Uh, when she said, when she said hello and goodbye, there was the something alikum, wasn't there on the end of it, which is the Arabic. Exactly, exactly. Like they Ah. say that a native Tunisian can understand 60% of Maltese. Ah, because in, in the days of when Islam um, kind of exploded along the North African coast, uh, it's all part of the, the caliphate, um, Muslim traders, raiders basically uh, went, went to Malta and also to Sicily and, and basically the language remained. So they ah. have, there are bits of Italian in it, but actually it's Arabic, it's, it's a Semitic language. But and then, like, Malta is just a fascinating place. Architecture is wonderful. People are beautiful. And I just recommend Malta. It's so lovely, Lucy. Go. And it's, it's super cheap on, like, an EasyJet or a Ryanair because I did it for, like, 80 quid return. Ah. Take your family. Go. Have some fun. Go up to the north right. of the main island. Hang out at the beach. 
or walk around Valletta. It's like Game of Thrones. It's lovely. Anyway, uh, <laughs> maybe now you want to talk about her core, the content of her core, vis-a-vis the arches. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what it was now because I'm thinking about wandering around the interior of Valletta and having a very nice time. Oh, I'll tell you what, Lucy. Lovely little alleyways, nice little cafes and everything. Ooh, I tell you, Malta, what a place. She's right, though. Can I just say, in all seriousness, mm. there is zero chemistry between uh, Tom and Natasha. I completely agree. But it's I've never heard... chemistry, though, Lucy. The only person I've ever heard Tom have chemistry with was Kirsty, ish But... Also, mm. Mm. Um, I think she was right about um, um, them all being uh, the, the, the scene at Lower Loxley with um, Camilla. It did sound like they were all being recorded in different rooms, and I wonder whether Patricia Hodge couldn't make it to Birmingham and they recorded her somewhere else, maybe London, and then cut it in or something because it did sound very odd. I agree. Well, I just think it was just badly, badly written, mm. and and over-directed and overacted. Mm. Mm. Like, if you're going to call in somebody of that acting pedigree, right, actually she needs a death touch. And she was mm. asked to play a character which was just utterly yeah. grotesque in every meaning of yeah, the word. Yeah, 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 absolutely. character was yeah. grotesque. It was like a pantomime. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. Mm. Utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, there are parties. And there was no context for her come steaming in like that. Absolutely none. Well... Kind of there was in that Freddie's gone off the rails and Freddie's called her and said, you know, please, please come help me. Can I come? Can I go and live with you? But why would Freddie call her if 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 she's so horrible? Mm. You know, well, it's just nuts. But, but, but it's just had, ridiculous. She, yeah, but she had a soft spot for Freddie. That's what that's what she kept on saying. But mm. anyway, the whole thing was just anyway, nonsense. Yeah, utter nonsense. Rubbish. It was proper rubbish. It was our loose. So thank you for that, Justine. And hopefully uh, you'll be seeing a whole troop of dumpty dummers now. Now I've done the uh, <laughs> the travel and tourism job for the island of Malta. Uh, Getting be like, pissed off with the tourists like Barcelona yeah, is. We'll move on to Malta now. All these exactly. bloody Why are all these archers fans in our <laughs> wonderful island? But now from Justine, it's our Claire in Clapham. Hello there, dumpty dum. It's Claire from Clapham here, taking a short break from bank holiday decorating duties to talk about well two things firstly uh the reappearance of scraps of bunting is just really getting on my nerves now (laughs) and it's made me wonder whether for much that i love the whole archers community and online community and so on whether you know, the, the whole missing bunting became as a, as a kind of in-joke and totemic thing. And eventually the uh, writers have put it back into the programme. And it was a bit like the disappearance of Scruff, who reappeared, I don't know, about a year later, didn't he? And I'm wondering what the next thing that Archer's fans kind of <laughs> mull upon will suddenly kind of have a thing uh, back in the programme. And I'm not sure how I feel about this, because... In some ways, you want to be able to comment on it and then it be a separate thing. But also, it always is a bit of a laugh when the in-joke gets reflected back yeah. into the programme. Um, although, it would be interesting what other people think on that matter. Should the archers itself be entirely sacrosanct and uninfluenceable by ourselves? Or should there be a bit of give and take? Um, so that's my first point. Uh, then also, I've been thinking a lot about Will and... I mean, I hate Will as much as the next person, don't get me wrong, but the man is trying to hold down a job and do all the childcare and everything. And people who are in those situations, it's it's tricky. 
and people have different ways of dealing with it. Um, and ultimately, you know, it's the patriarchy, isn't it? And there's no value in caring. But I wish Will would have a bit of a political awakening and see that. I don't suppose he will, because he's got a lot of uh, inherent patriarchal values. But that would be nice to see. Anyway, see you soon. Bye. Bye. You got cut off right at the end there, Claire. Will would not know a patriarchal realisation if it shot him. He's got no bloody idea. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I, I know. I know we shouldn't be as hard. Well, I shouldn't be as hard on Will as I am. But I am. Also, I think I agree with you, Claire. I think that this sort of breaks the fourth wall a little bit. The um, it's one of those things. The 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 the, the story. You know, is the storylines reflecting the the commentary from the listeners, or are we following the storyline or whatever? Because for all we know, I guess this bunting storyline could have been planned two years ago and we're just thinking it's us, but thinking it's, you know, us making jokes about the the, the missing bunting and everyone using that as a sort of a, a vehicle for harassment's total incompetence. But um, it is a bit fourth wall It does challenge that a little bit. And also, um, is there a sort of an element that a joke stops being a joke when it, becomes too self-conscious and I don't want to feel that I want the jokes to be led by them not by us because there's no anarchy in um you know there's no there's no anarchy when 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 the because basically what what we what we do what what us sort of um the anarchic nonsense of the tweet along and and this is that they are in control and we are all naturally rebellious people who will not, we're refusing the image. They're giving us a picture of, you know, a cosy um, rural drama and we are rejecting it and creating our own more, you know, ruder, funnier, more eccentric, more surreal version. Um, when they start doing it as well, then it kind of all collapses in on itself a bit. It's kind of, it loses a bit of something, I think. Okay. I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. We live in an unprecedented time where fandom is, um, where fans can, fans of a particular media property can coalesce together and share their thoughts and feelings on it. Back in the 70s or the 60s or the 50s, uh, if you're into coronation street or you were into crossroads or whatever the heck else there was um you couldn't break bread with other people other than people at home we have new tools uh, social media tools whereby uh we don't just commune but also um we can take to task people who actually create the drama some of the people that help create the drama are also on those platforms as well. So it's very understandable that there is some level of a feedback loop. It's, you know, we're all in this kind of thing together to a degree. I'm not overstepping the mark, you know, um, fans of the, uh, of Marvel superhero films are not writing the scripts, but are those writers uh, nodding uh you know tipping their hat to the listeners every now and then yes 
and they're also rewarding the listeners. And, and my example was uh, when Captain America picked up Thor's hammer. Yeah. If, if you've been watching those movies, you know there's these, there were a couple of oblique references to only someone who's worthy can do that. That's the reason why then, when it happened, after 10 years, people got up and cheered mm. because they'd earned it. Now, yeah. the thing is about the bunting, that is for us diehard fans. It's not for the casual listeners. The casual listeners are saying, well, like, so what? They've even forgotten the bunting. Royford, you are inches away from using the sentence, the bunting is our Thor's hammer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, it is, though, isn't it? (laughs) It is. And, And then the other thing about this feedback loop, um, did is Kerry writing the archers this week, or is Kerry written it? No, it's it was um oh god, what's his name? David something. Okay, it wasn't. Right. It wasn't. It's not Kerry this week. Not like not the week we're talking about. I'm about this week that we're actually in now. No, no, because he's writing his book, isn't he? So he's not doing any for months. Okay, because there was an, and I'll just mention this. Um, though I've made a habit of this recently, of just obliquely mentioning Sunday's episodes. The Sunday just gone. Kenton on the mic says Tom Archer Sausage King. That has come out of Twitter and fandom. No, because we call him Sausage Boy. He's been called Sausage King as well, though, on Twitter. Oh, is he? Okay. He has. He has. Like, and I think that's an Easter egg, as they call it. That is for the deep fans to say, we actually are listening to you. I quite like these deep cuts these little mm. subtle sly winks to us the hardened fans because it's not as if it disrupts fundamentally disrupts no. the storyline you know it doesn't get in doesn't get in the way it's not as if they're saying well do you want rob titchener to come back you know hit one for yes hit yeah. two for no you know all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. if we get enough yeses he's going to come back they're, they're yeah. still writing this thing but they're just telling yeah. us that you know what we do hear you yeah. You know, we are going to reward your faith in this if you if you like a deep cut. And yeah, the bunting is Thor's hammer. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's Claire from Clapham. Oh, and by the way, we've got a new Matt Corner out, Claire and I. And uh, oh, I tell you what, she's rather feisty in this in this episode, Luce. I tell you, she's oh, hard to contain the woman. Right, she she was like counterpunching, like like Trump, which she was. I was saying stuff. She's like, no, I don't agree with that, Royfield. Anyway, and just just grabbing the mic and just talking. It, it, it's it's a most edifying uh, episode of Map Corner. So go <laughs> go and listen to it, folks. Myself and the lovely Claire from Clapham. Uh, last of our corner inners, it's Katie. Hello, Rob and Lucy. Uh, first time caller innerer here at Kettiness on the Twitters. Um, I think my um, Archer's Vintage is um, about 2010 and your chronology on Dumpty Dum tells me that is Jude arriving and leaving, which is a bit shite. So I am going (laughs) to say that I am the donor sperm that resulted in the (laughs) conception of the odious little Henry. Uh, Because I do remember that as well. I think that's one of the first things I remember. Um, Apart from as... uh, I'm going to refer to her as M. Lily. I thought the same as you, Lucy, that last week's caller in, Emily, sounded very like Lily. Um, Mm. 
And yeah, like her, I was uh, forced listening as a child. But I think my original childhood vintage would just be the theme tune because that's all I remember. Um, <laughs> anyway, all, all I was really calling in to talk about was the really weird answer machine message that Will Grundy has, where he refers to himself in the third person. Um, <laughs> that was really weird um, when when his voicemail kind of says, hello, hello. Uh, Will Grundy cannot come to the phone right now. Um, I think this might be further evidence of of Will's bizarre mental state where he refers to himself in the third person. Um, And if he starts doing that in general, talking about himself as Will Grundy, Will Grundy is not happy right now. Will Grundy feels that everything is against him. Um, I think we'll all hate him even more than we already do. Um, Anyway, thank you for a fabulous show. I absolutely love it. It... um, has made my long boring commutes far less uh, boring um, so thank you and hopefully speak to you again soon bye 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 I love the idea of that it's like Will Grundy's like the gamekeeping Mariah Carey Will Grundy doesn't want sandwiches <laughs> that's lovely uh We've got to keep this show on the road, our loose, right? So I'm just going to like move, move, move things on. But, but but nice to hear from you, uh, Katie, especially. Always lovely to hear from a first-time caller in a row. Um, we don't have any uh, any emails, do we? Because you've done the email. We had the one email. No, there's one more. There's oh, one more. There's there is one, one more. more. All right, go. From Kitty, who mm-hmm. said, I've decided email is more of a comfortable communicative device for me. Less waffling, more predicting. It seems Shula is on course to become a vicar after the last episode of her talking to Freddie. I could never do his job. Watch out, Alan. It's not a next bad next step for her, I guess. Also, I like her little friendship with Freddie. It is healthy and sweet. For two very annoying characters, it seemed to complement their more appealing sides when together. This is true, I think. Emma is back on super bitch mode again. I suppose it's to help us feel a little less outraged when they lose their long, hard-fought house carrot. Tim was so creepy with her that time, I feel an uncomfortable storyline approaching, and I really don't want it. I predict that Camilla is going to return in some interfering capacity. The strength of her character was too much for a short little burst like that. It's just a shame that they have to keep making all these... Disagree. It's just a shame that they have to keep making all these rich, older female characters so completely vile. I'm not exactly mixing in the higher echelons of society over here in Aberystwyth by the sea, but surely <laughs> there are some nicer, complex, slightly bitchy like the rest of us rich, older women out there? No? Maybe not, Kitty. Who mm. knows? Um, I just listened to Joe's last appearance. Such a huge loss. He made me smile so much. Uh, oh, and the bunting. Uh, pfft. She puts loads of love, Kitty. Bye-bye, Kitty. Thank you very much. I, I, I think the very fact that um, they got the Wielding Patricia Hodge to do this is either utterly a one-off or, at best, it's an occasional. She, you know, you're right. hard, you know, she ain't going to be piddling around with the archers, especially in a character who doesn't physically live in the village. How often so it'll you be like Eleanor Brock. She sort of drops back in again when she's not touring in rep somewhere else. Exactly, exactly. I, I, you know, anyway, anyway, I'd only be t- any more scathing about this because as much as I am a fan, generally, when I when I don't like stuff, I just keep stum, you know, and just go, hmm, it was all right, but that was just so bad, so yeah. bad. You know, so yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't be doing the 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 uh, the listeners any justice if you didn't just 
fess up and just say yeah. I hated every second of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right now, on that stunning note, uh, let's take five. <laughs> um, so, do you know, Lucy? Yes. What? Um, is there a time when you are conscious and you're not without your phone? Because we all do when I'm take conscious a... and not without. Yeah. Like. When you cook, it's by by your side, isn't it? It's like it's on the work surface. No, I've deliberately really? stopped doing that now. Well yeah. done, you. I hate it. So I've taken lots of apps off it, which has been very helpful. And I now I don't have it in my bedroom. I char- it, it charges up by the front door, and I leave wow. it. Wow. There. There's me when, I, when I'm calling you, you don't answer. There's me just thinking you're just screening my calls, but you genuinely don't know when I'm calling. <laughs> I generally, I don't, yeah. Good for you, good for you. Because most people aren't like you, Lucy. You know, they take their phones with them everywhere. Uh, you know, even when they're showering, um, they, they kind of have it uh, close by. And definitely when, when they're on the throne. So I wonder how many people are actually listening to Dumby Dum right now while spending a penny or maybe spending um, spending a little bit more than a penny. If you're one <laughs> of those people, why don't you uh, send us in an email and just say, yeah, I have a wee whilst listening to Dumbledore. No, Proud of it. Don't. Why not? Why not? Why not, Lucy? Why not? I don't want to know. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> this is just like... You can't have listeners all right, all but no pictures, all right? We don't, no we don't want pictures. pictures. We don't want pictures, <laughs> right? But just to sign up and say, yeah, you know, I had a really busy day. Um, Dumbly Dum was really important. This is an important part of my day. I had a call of nature. I decided to take it to the bathroom with me, did my business whilst listening to, to you and Lucy. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Boom. Done. Right, and on that note, let's have a little bit of Millie Bell. 
G'day, Millie Bell here. I always think it's slightly pretentious of me to say that I am going to do a social media roundup because really I only do a Facebook roundup. However, this week is hand on heart, a social media roundup. So here goes. We started on the Facebook page with a lovely picture from Cyan Jordan, who is wearing a Dumpty Dum t-shirt in Singapore underneath an absolutely gorgeous flame of the forest tree. Uh, We also spent quite a bit of time uh, talking about what was meant by the uh, line uh, where Emma said that she's looking forward to what they deserve. And we wondered, "Uh oh, that's a bit ominous. What is it that we think it will be? And Dave Richardson said, what I don't understand is why you'd put a deposit on a sofa when the house isn't even built yet, which I think is a very good question. Zoe Pickton said for a small village, they've Folk of Ambridge seem to spend a disproportionate amount of time in intensive care, court or prison. So I'm guessing that she thinks it's going to be one of those. With Emma's attitude, said Sarah Nepa, they're going to lose a whole lot. At least Ed has second thoughts about what he's doing. And Catherine Scheicher said, hope sofa deposit is refundable, but I doubt it. Terms and conditions apply. And Peter Brabban said, given Clary's uncharacteristically harsh attitude to Freddie, they're obviously setting her up for a fall when Ed goes down for 15 years for shipping gear on a truly industrial scale. And there were so many more suggestions. So if you are interested in that thread, I'd really recommend that you go um, and have a little look-see and, of course, get involved. We also uh, look, uh, talked about the fact that we think we've um, heard the last from Joe because we know that we have lost the actor. And uh, knowing that when I was listening to it made it so poignant and I wondered if others felt the same. And Sally Wallcradle said, yes, and when Clary found him sleeping, I was afraid she wasn't going to wake him up. Catherine Newnham said, so sweet that this and his penultimate scene were both about helping his family. The last one praising the hard-working Clary and this one supporting his grandson. And, you know, Catherine, you're right, and that just hadn't occurred to me. So thanks for that pick-up. And Lynn Griffith said, Yes, especially with a mix of comedy and pathos with Clary finding him asleep and covered in lipstick. The words of the continuity announcer were very apt and moving too. Now, I actually have to tell you something, that often there are comments about the, the continuity announcer, and we don't hear them on the podcast, which is such a shame, because clearly the CAs are very amusing. So if anybody ever wants to post those up or put them into our new app, uh, please do, because uh, those of us who don't hear it would, I think, benefit from it. And the final thing that we talked about on Facebook this week was the episode with Natasha and Tom. And I know Witherspoon doesn't agree with me on this, but I don't care. It made no sense to me at all. Uh, Nobody puts up with that kind of crap these days. And uh, she gave absolutely no explanation. He asked for an explanation and she waffled on and she just never gave it. And I just thought, no, 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 no. He deserves so much more than that. But of course, uh, I wonder what others thought. And Joe Harmer said, I think that the way she emphasised the word must and it must work was nothing to do with love. She's a wrong one with a secret. Uh, Jane Evans was Smith said, I thought perhaps she's discovered she's pregnant. I swear I heard her say she had to come back. Uh, Guy Ladbrook told us to be patient and that's not the way, Guy. That's not how we roll. Uh, Cara and Valerie Hodgson said it must have been a very cheap episode to make. 
I assume all the other actors were on holiday. There were just three characters in this uh, episode, Natasha, Tom and Leo. I uh, didn't understand why Leo was uh, Australian, by the way. She offered no reasonable explanation and Tom was way too quick to welcome her back with open arms. How does he know that she spent all that time with her parents and not back in Trev's arms? This is going to be a stupid, boring storyline, which the artists seem to excel in at the moment. Bring back some of the old script writers or at least some who know the old characters and can give us some plausible, interesting storylines. And there was, uh, as you can imagine, way, way more on that thread. So please, again, go to Facebook page if you would like to get involved in that. And I just also would like to make a general apology because something has changed with Facebook and we don't seem to be able to just use the uh, little icons to say that we've seen your uh, post uh, or your response and that we like it or we think it's funny or whatever. So I'm really sorry about that, but I just wanted to assure you all that I honestly do look at them all and so does Yoko bear when it's his week now so that i can say this really is a social media roundup um i'm now going to um put some attention into the flick app which is so uh, so energetic um i can't move away from my phone at the moment because the app's just going ping 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 which is absolutely fantastic so i asked whether people were enjoying it and if they were why caroline p says she loves being able to an- interact with all these wonderful dumpty dummers hate that i no longer have time to do anything else Rosie Porty is enjoying the immediacy of the reactions and the sense of an expanding community. Uh, Chris L says it's highly addictive and count yourselves lucky if it's just the artist for use. Bear a thought for we poor souls who are also hooked up to Emmerdale and Corrie podcasts. I barely have time to draw breath, eat food or maintain a regime of basic personal hygiene. And (laughs) Drew Hamilton slightly alarmed me because uh, the comment was my only problem with it is that now I forget to participate in the Facebook threads. So it is very, very lively and I I think we may need to consider in the longer term quite what we do with this because the one thing that really occurred to me is that everybody can get involved very, very, very quickly with the app. Whereas on the Facebook page, if you want to post something up, you have to wait for Yoko Bear or I to see it and then post it up for you, which is a limitation of our Facebook page. But anyway, please get involved in the app. There is a link uh, on the Facebook page. So uh, we'd love you to get involved there and you can start your own topics. You don't have to wait for me or Yoko Bear. And, uh, you know, if it keeps continuing to be as lively as this, then obviously we'll uh, try to include some of your comments in our social media roundup. So that's me for this week. I'm sorry I went on a little bit longer, but that the, the app was uh, created the extension. Um, but that's me for this week. And as you know, you'll have the lovely Yokel Bear back uh, next week. So until I speak to you in a fortnight, I say to you, hooroo. Oh, bye-bye. Bye. Uh- I did kind of half say this before, and I have to slightly take take issue with something that um, our Millie said, that no one would put up with um, you know, a partner sauntering off and then kind of coming back and not giving a full and frank explanation as to the reason why she'd gone, what she did when she was gone, etc. Tom is distraught and actually... In their relationship, she has all the power. And mm. how and he probably it... doesn't want to know either, really. He's just glad to have her back for some of the reasons which I said before uh, in a previous uh, kind of podcast. There is the whole embarrassment and shame. But also, as far as Tom's concerned, he does love her and she's back. And even though he doesn't quite understand the reason why she went in the first place, she is back. 
but he's he's actually in awe of her. There is a massive power disparity in that relationship, and it's played out thus in that um, her spending habits, he took great umbrage with that, kind of understandably. He might not have gone about it in the right way, but he had reason to be upset, concerned, and he said, we are not moving to this, uh, you know, to, to that new bungalow, whatever the heck it was, in, in the next village along, blah, blah, blah. She then, not directly because of that, but that obviously contributed to it, up sticks and then disappears. She comes back after, what, two, three weeks, whatever. And all of a sudden, they're going to Cuba. Yeah. Right. Now, you tell me who hasn't won that battle, right? Mm. She she has the power in that relationship. Um, I completely understand Tom just saying, thank God she's back. Whatever issues we have to deal with, we'll deal with them soon. But she's just back. Yeah. It's incredibly human. But don't forget the power dynamic between them, right? So I completely mm. get it and I understand it. Doesn't mean mm. it's right, mind you, but I do get it. Right, Lucy... Mm. Uh, well, yeah. you hit us with some mirror headlines. Okay. Oh, now <clears throat> this is from the Sun. I've broken, I've broken away oh, from God. tradition for this one. All right, the Brexiteers' Bible. You're reading from. Yeah. Are you ready? I am ready. Constipated woman strained so hard on the toilet she lost ten years of memories. <laughs> I do apologise for laughing at you, but <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the headline. There we are. <laughs> right, now, can I do Tweets of the Week? Yes, please. Now, you know, you're talking about intertextuality and things being a bit meta mm-hmm. with the old, you know, so right. Listen, I how's didn't this put for it in meta? such an intellectual way, but, 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 but thank you. This for is James Cartwright, mm-hmm. who plays, this is James Cartwright, who plays Harrison Burns using a script from a Liam Neeson film to respond to a listener to the Archers who laughed about the bunting. He says, I don't know who you are, but what I do have are a very particular set of skills, skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let the bunting go now, that'll be the end of it. But if you don't, I will look for you, I will find you, and I will kill you. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Anyway. Uh, Robert Wilson, our very own Naked Fingers. Plot prediction. Hilda to be struck by the winning cricket ball of the single wicket. Oh, perfect. Uh, Fifi Farcher. Mm -hmm. I want us to be together. I want this to work. I want you to pay for this car. (laughs) (laughs) Dawn Oliver. Question for my The Archers followers. If you went off for a month and turned up again with a new sports car, would your partner ask no questions at all? If so, where did you get them from? Can I have one? <laughs> and a somewhat bleak tweet of the week from Ginger Beans, who does specialise in the somewhat bleak. Is it really single wicket time again? Good grief. I am a year nearer my death. Hashtag the arches. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. And, and just to reiterate the point that I made before, we did mirror headlines, which was the Brexiteers Bible this week. Um, I did. I mentioned Cuba. Didn't even mention the flash car that she turned up in. I forgot to mention yeah. that. So it goes to yeah. underline my point. 
underline my point. Right, so com. go there. People are buying stuff in our shop, Lucy, and it's all wonderful. And it's really good to hear that on the Archers page on uh, on Facebook. That's what people are doing when they get their purchases is they are then taking a snap of themselves, looking hip, cool, and groovy, and then posting that to social media because that's just like a hip, cool, and groovy and a nice thing to do. So go to dumdydum.com, hang out with other dumdy dummers, listen to past shows, uh, comment on those shows, and also uh, buy some shit because that that kind of helps us out. Uh, is there anything in red you want to le- want to read there, Lucy? Um, yes. Um, remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website, or you can call 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message. Awesome. And uh, this show was, was born out of Twitter. Yes, it was. And it's hard, hard to believe, but without Twitter, there'd actually be no dum dum That's how Lucy and I met, wasn't it, Lucy? You fluttered your yes. eyes across a hashtag and uh <laughs> and uh, yes we uh, then met a couple of days later for coffee eyed each other up and down and thought hmm you'll do so and that's how dum de dum was birthed folks so on twitter you can find me and roy well, me and royfield on, on twitter you can find you sound like will will grundy and royfield brown <laughs> you can find myself royfield and lucy at dum de dum which is really just yokel bear being awesomely funny he's got a week off work at the moment there's a nice picture of him on the socials underneath his duvet at the moment so go dum de dum on twitter to find yokel bear being funny uh, lucy can be found at lucy v freeman and i can be found quite simply at royfield and of course uh, without facebook there is uh, there isn't the Millie bell and yokel bear section of this show so of course go on to facebook and uh type in dum de dum and join us and of course we have the wonderful flick app which is fire it's fire i tell you now people are on there there's like 200 nod of you dumpy dummers on there pinging and a messaging and talking about what you have for dinner that's actually my favorite thread lucy dinner what people have for dinner yeah so <laughs> you know the chili, the chili talk has subsided um but it's uh i tell you what when i look back at my posts on, on, on the dinner thread I need to eat more healthily. It is like, oh, yeah, I had a bit of cold pizza from last night. Uh, I just went out and had you know, some some other un- indescribable kind of like thing, which is not at all healthy. I'm a man of a certain age, Lucy. I need to be eating my salads. But anyway, do. go on there, folks, and don't just, like, interact with the dinner thread. There are other threads on there, too, like Tom and <laughs> Natasha. Uh there's a, a right little Grundy rave up on there as well. A little thread about the Grundies, General Archers chat. You name it, it's on there. And people are loving it. And uh, I've got to say a special thank you to Auntie Jean, who I don't know why she's done this, Lucy, but she's taken it upon herself to welcome everybody with a with a hello and a, and a, and a wave Aww. emoticon. Aww. Whenever somebody comes on to the welcome bit, she, she waves back and she's just like taking it upon herself so uh auntie jean the way that you're going on i'm going to make you a moderator so you, you need to cease and desist if you don't want x responsibility thrust <laughs> upon you so you're like oh wait on a minute royfield <laughs> i'm doing this just for shits and giggles like i don't want to be responsible for anything you best stop but if you continue i'm going to make you a moderator 
So I don't know what that means, but it means that like uh, you got some level of responsibility. So that's the new Flick app. And of course, the link for that is in the show notes of this episode. And I still haven't taken down the Murraybound old dusty, fusty forum on www.dumdum.com. But I will do that soon, maybe after I've had my shower, after I've recorded Dumdy Dum, after I've edited it, and after I've had something for my lunch. I don't know. Might have a walk around the block. Sun's out, sky's blue in California. What's the weather like with you, Lucy? Grey. Really? Yes, grey and wet. And it's going to be nice and hot at the weekend, I think. Really? Well, it's nice and, it's nice and hot right now, funnily enough, in California. Mm. It was like that yesterday How as well. How strange. And, yes, it'll and be like that tomorrow, won't it? before. Yes, yes. Oh, shut up. <laughs> anyway, I'm about uh, tomorrow, uh, just before we go, I did mention Matt Corner earlier on before. Um, episode four is out. We do the monthly, myself and Claire. And there is a map on there, Lucy. Um, have, have you seen the fake Britain map? It's all the literary references to like Melchester in Trollope or uh, Weather, Weatherfield in Coronation Street, etc. Have you seen that map? It's been on the okay, socials. No. Uh, stunning map, really clever. I interviewed the guy who uh, did the map, a guy called Matt Brown. Mm. So um, if you are a, a fan of uh, English literature, sorry, British literature, and or soaps and other kind of imaginary shows and whatever, um, why don't you tune into Map Corner? My interview with Map. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm 10 minutes late. <laughs> so why don't you uh, tune into Map Corner and have a listen to that because he, he goes through actually how he researched uh, the map of, of Britain to be able to put in exactly where Ambridge is for argument's sake so go listen to that and then just one last note um so we did talk about my my shirt last week Arlous, and the fact that her and lily are both doing exams at the same time and my issues doing her a levels and of course your tilly is uh doing her exams at the moment um mm-hmm. Maisha voted for the first time because she's 18 now really she voted wow uh yes tilly came with us when we voted to, to know how to do it mm-hmm. next time she said well, so proud of my daughter that she uh, exercised her democratic right uh, that I'm going to do a little mid-Atlantic about a first-time voter uh, this week. And she's proper made up. And I'm just like so proud that I'm her dad. And we had such a lovely conversation this week. Um, it comes as no surprise that um, I'm hardcore label to anybody that listens to this podcast. And uh, generally the people around me also are too. But she had to tactically vote, she said. Said, Dad, you know, I believe in in the European Union, so I couldn't vote for Labour. So uh, we're doing a show together about a first time voter, a teenager, about the concerns of of a teenager and how they see the future and they see politics now, and the reason why she voted the way that she did. So. if you want to listen to my, my little girl is about to go off to university, listen to uh, the next Mid Atlantic. If you if you listen to any at all, just listen to the next one and uh, and give her a thumbs up. That's me done. Aww. You got anything to say? Nope. All right. Cool. All right then. Uh, let let let's let's be going then. Let's let's be out of here because uh, I am fifteen minutes late for my meeting uh, with somebody else. Goodbye, Lucy. Okay. Bye bye. Goodbye, Royfield. Planning for your next trip. 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.